It's the 60 Go Podcast presented by Mint Sports. Steve's back in studio together. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. <laughs> All right, grand final this weekend. We're going to talk about the game a little bit later, but I thought we'd do some a uh, bit of a flashback, a bit of historical stuff about the grand finals. Uh, what's your favourite grand final ever? Oh, my favourite grand final? I've got a top three. Yeah. Um, the, the, the three for me are the, the Canberra Raiders, Balmain Tigers, 89. Yes. So I was only a young bloke then. I, but I do remember every second of that game. I can remember the excitement, you know, going to overtime. Um, Balmain should have won that game three or four times, and and somehow um, the Raiders just found a way. So that's that's one of them. the The second one is the '97, the Knights Manly game. Now that goes down as one of the greatest grand finals of all time. It was so exciting. I think every single person watching that game, except for Manly supporters, were going for Newcastle. Yep. So that was a great game of footy. And um, the third one, it has to be the 2015 Broncos-Cowboys um, Cowboys game. It was an absolute cracker. Um, I've re-watched the game a few times, and it probably wasn't as great of a contest during the game. Look, it wasn't the best grand final as far as... 80 minutes, yep. but the last 10 minutes of that game into the couple of minutes of, of Golden Point was just phenomenal. Well, it's probably got the most drama in the last 10 minutes out of every any game yeah. that's ever been played. Uh, but on with you, the first 70 minutes, like it was it was fine, yeah. but it, was, it wasn't anything crash hot. It wasn't a special game of footy or anything, no. was it? The, uh, I've got a top three and it's, it's, I think you can only really judge it on grand finals that you've seen live, yep. right? Because I don't like, for example, for me to say eighty nine yep. grand final, it's it's not a it's not a thing. So uh, the the three for me that really stick out in my mind, um, probably the first grand final I remember watching was the Panthers beating the Roosters in the grand final uh, with the Scott Sattler tackle. Yep. Uh, that was pretty pretty iconic. And that's when I sort of really started to get into footy. I was about seven or eight at the time. Yeah, Luke Prittis had a night out that day. Yes, yes. Um, and the one that, because we were living in Airlie Beach at the time, so the one that really sort of just amped footy up dramatically was 05 yep. when the Cowboys made the run to the grand final. And, mate, you, we had, like, Cowboys days at school for a week. Like, we did nothing except... It would have been crazy. Oh, it was just crazy, mate. To so say everyone wearing jerseys and, uh, they, of course, they had a ton of sponsors from town. So they were sending Cowboys players down all the time and, like, yeah. people that were outside of the top sort of 21 squad, they were coming down to Prossy all week. And, like, it was it was pretty pretty crazy at the time. That like, would have been awesome. And the fact that, you know, we were in Proserpine at the time, which is three hours away from Townsville, and the fact that it was rocking there, yeah. I, I would have... <laughs> Being in Townsville would have been oh, unbelievable. Would have been nuts. Yeah. Would have been nuts. And I remember, I think, I think the Cowboys beat Parramatta in the prelim. They did. And yeah. and that was when it just took off 20, dramatically. Twenty two nil, I think it was. It, it was just exploded because I think a lot of people at the time thought that Parramatta actually had the better chance to beat the Tigers that year. Well, if you remember, I don't know if you do, but the Dragons is who the Tigers beat in yes. the, in their prelim, and the the Dragons and Para that year were head and shoulders better than everyone. It was a little bit like um, Broncos and Penrith this year. Yes, they were clearly the two best teams. And neither of them made it. Yeah, yeah, well, there you go. And uh, the other one, of course, you can say the Cowboys-Broncos one, but I'll go a little bit different route. The 2017 grand final with the Storm beating Storm the Cowboys. Storm yep. Cowboys. Um, purely because I think that that Storm team, um, 
and you can make an argument Penrith at the moment, absolutely, but that Storm team was the best, was the most dominant team I've ever seen in a single year. Um, uh, it's from July. I I just I just knew that the yeah. Storm were winning the comp that year, and if you go through and, and look back at that team, you know it was it was pretty ridiculous. It was a good side, and they were really good. And from memory, the rest of the comp weren't very good that year as well. So it was not only they're just better than everyone, but it was significant. You, you knew that they were going to win. No, no one was going to beat them that year. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. And you know when Cameron Munster is the worst player on the spine. Yes. You know, you're doing very yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, no, he was huge. <laughs> um, and my brother and I actually, my younger brother and I play a bit of a game sometimes. Um, so it's, 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 just a, it's just a spare of the moment type thing. It'll be just a, on a random day. He'll say 2005 winger. Yep. And you have to name the premiership winning 2005 winger, right? So Pat Richards, Yep. for example. And so we did one the other day and he said the 2020... Melbourne Storm bench and it's funny when you go back and look at some of these teams in reflection and how they evolved from there the 2020 Melbourne Storm bench was ridiculous yeah it would have been Nico Hines Nico Hines Nelson Dallian Winner Brandon Smith yep. Kiwi Hooker Nelson yep. International Front Row and I think Dale was on the bench, on the bench as well and he started the bench that day yeah ridiculous yeah I used to pride myself on um, being a young football nerd um I used to be able to give you the premiership winner, which I can still do with ease, um, and the score for every grand final that I've been alive. So going back to, to 81, I could just rattle it off nonstop, but a few too many hits in the head, a few too many beers, and I can't quite do that anymore. But I can I can list all the winners still. But yeah, the and from about oh, 87, 88, I... I'm pretty good with Clive Churchill winners as well. Well, I'll ask you this. What's the biggest shock premiership winner? So, uh, for example, if I had told you in July of that season, hey, this team's going to win the comp. The, 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 the Tigers. Yeah. 05. Has to be. Has to be. They came from nowhere. They were, I think they were 60 or 70 to 1 um, yes. at one point during the year. The Panthers 03 was a little bit of a shock as well. Um but they had sort of been bubbling for a couple of years. And the, the Panthers and the Tigers, there's been a lot of talk about where Brisbane have come from this year. Well, sorry, a few years ago and, and how they've, they've slowly built over the last couple of years to here. I'd argue that those Tigers and, and Cowboys turnarounds were a lot quicker because of that. Um, sorry, the, the Tigers and Panthers turnarounds were a lot quicker because both of those sides were horrendous, if not wooden spooners the year before. They were second or third last. Um, they, they just came from nowhere. What about yourself? Oh, I, I agree. The Tigers, the Tigers team that year was, was quite remarkable. Um, just... just th- there's been so many teams that have been runner-up that yeah. if ha- they had have won, it would have been like, this is unbelievable. Oh, over the last couple of years. Yeah. Para, Raiders. The, um, the Cowboys. The Cowboys. The Cowboys in 2017. Had yeah. they have won that grand final, that would have been the most unbelievable month of football in the history of the NRL. Because one that I don't like to bring up much is the 01 Knights Para. Um, because of the Knights, really. Para are still, the, statistically, the most dominant football side in the history of rugby league that year. And they didn't freaking win the comp. Yeah. Um, so the Knights, you could argue that, you know, they, they came from a position where they weren't expected to. But at that point in time, peak Andrew Johns, you know, they're always going to be a chance. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and so if you think of the Cowboys in that in that 2017 year, you know, bloody Gavin Cooper was fishing on the last Sunday. He was out on a fishing trip the last Sunday of the of the regular season because yeah. they needed so many things right just to make that's the right. Yeah, no, no JT, no Matt Scott. Yep, and they make a grand. Michael final. Morgan went on a run. Tamalolo was yep. incredible, um, and they they knocked off. They knocked off the Roosters. They knocked off... They knocked off Para. Para. Maybe Cronulla um, was the other team. Maybe. Oh, no. Cronulla knocked them out the next year when Cronulla won the grand final. It was the... Yeah, because they beat... Who'd they beat round the first week? It might have been Cronulla the first week. That it might have been. Yeah, because then they beat Para the second week. Yeah. And then... And Roosters. Um, Roosters to make... Yes. To make the GF. Yeah. And, and there's so many stories like that... Um, for example, the Raiders. Like, the Raiders would have been a bit of a yeah. shock premiership winner. Um, whereas I, I think it's actually... It, and it just shows you how tough it is to win a grand final. The fact that you see a lot of stories of, of second-place teams in the premiership yep. uh, that you're like, oh, man, what a great run. You know, that would have been amazing. You don't necessarily see a lot of shock premiership winners. No. Like, for example, if either of these two teams won on the, on the weekend, it wouldn't be a shock. Well, the odds show that. I mean, I think it's a dollar seventy to two twenty, you know, yep. something like that. So it's almost a toss of a coin. Yeah, and where, whereas, for example, I would say, if the Warriors or the Storm were in the grand final and they won it, that would have been a bit of a shock. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and it goes to show how hard it is to make a GF. Yeah, because the run. Well, the Storm. I, I think we'll agree that they gave hope at certain points during the year, but they. Looking back at it now, probably were never a legit premiership threat. Um, the Warriors went on a dream run and, you know, they had the whole country behind them and they still fell short. So it is so tough to make it. Very tough. Very tough. Um, what Can you think about the best performance you've ever seen in a grand final? Because there's been a few. Yeah, there's been a few. Um or, or can you think of any robbed Clive Hill Church? Clive, Clive Churchill? Because yeah, Cameron Smith in 2017. Or uh, what was the year Billy won? 18? 17. 17? Cameron Smith. Yeah. That was absolute highway robbery. It's, it's, it's funny you say that because I've got another player for that game as well. Yeah. Because I would argue Billy Slater was third best. If that. Yes. Yeah. Toe Harris in that game. Yeah, he game was good that year. Yeah. Was unbelievable. Yeah, he looked after Tamalolo real well. Unbelievable. And I remember he threw that 25 meter long cutout pass to Addo Carr yeah. on the wing to score That's a try. That's right. And you just, I just can remember the way that Cameron Smith manipulated the Cowboys' defense for 80 minutes. The game was over. At it, it was like a chess match. He was just moving pieces around. Um, Andrew Johns, 2001, was ridiculous. Um, he was, yeah, he almost won that game on his own. I know he had a decent cast around him, but he was, that was phenomenal. Um, I think back, you know, there's, there's been a, a few big, big performances. Um, one that really stands out for me is Luke Prittis in that 2003. It's, do you remember who got it? In 2003, I'm sure Prittis got it. Yeah. If not, he deserved it. I'm sure he won it. Um, yeah, so that, that stood out. Uh, there's been a couple of big ones. I mean, Benji and Scott Prince were both phenomenal in the 05. Yeah. Um, Luke Prittis, I'm sure he won it in, in 03. Yes, he did, yes. Yeah. Um, Greg Greg Inglis, I Greg, think he won it 07. 07, playing 5-8 for yeah. Melbourne. And that could have been four or five blokes could have got it that, that game. Yeah. 08, Brent Kite was a shock. Yeah, it was. Particularly because... They won by 40. They won by 40. So and he probably only played 45. Exactly, exactly. Um, 
Oh nine. The, the, another shock at the time I thought was Daly Cherry Evans getting it against the Roosters in a losing team. He was phenomenal though that game. I get that. Yeah. I just don't think. I, I, I think you should put a, a, a mark out of all the losing that, teams. That was a funny one because in 2013, that game, the Roosters were terrible in the first half. And, and Sonny Bill Williams, people argue Sonny Bill should have won it. But really, for mine, he only clicked for about 15, 20 minutes. And it was a dominant 20 minutes. Like, he, he tore Manly apart. And also, Jack Whiten won it in a losing team as well. Yeah. Again, he was the best player on the field. He, he was... He, look, without him, Raiders don't get within 30. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple of other interesting ones over the last couple of years. I'm just trying to remember. Um, Pappenhausen, he was pretty good that year. Yeah. The the Cleary-Edwards last two years, I've got no debate about that. No. Look, I personally would have given Cleary both of them, but Edwards, he was good. Yeah. Edwards also had that um, factor as well of he went into the grand final on a hyper form. Yeah, like people he, he was on him a roll. to be Australian fullback. Yes, uh, so uh, but it, we've got a long history of um, blokes in winning in losing sides winning the Clive Churchill. Could we go back? Of, um, Brad Mackay won it in a losing side. Brad Clyde won it in a losing side. Yep. So there's a few. There's a few. Um, Brett Kamali won uh, one for actually. Melbourne. I can just see. I can see your list that you're bringing up there. Speaking of standout games, Jim Dimmick, '95 Canterbury. He was phenomenal. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a very dominant performance. Who'd they play? They beat uh, Manly. Yeah. And, and Manly were significantly better than everyone. Canterbury that year came from deep. Like, they might have come from eighth or ninth, because it was a top 10 that year. And um, and I'm sure they came from eighth or ninth spot to win it. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a couple other years. Like, Sean Berrigan won in 2006. Yeah. Like, could have been Lockyer. Lockyer. Yeah, should have been Lockyer. Yeah. Um, Billy Slater's won a couple. Yeah. Um, he's actually very fortunate to have won a couple considering the teams he's been in. Like, well, was two, did he, 2012, was that the other one he won? 2009. 2009. So against Parramatta. Yeah, that game. Yeah, there was a few blokes that probably could have won. He was good that game, but there was a few that... The the I actually think that out of actually, all the grand final... So, sorry, mate, interrupt. Just thinking back... That was obviously on the back of the Jared Hayne run. Yes. And remember, there was just so much talk and so much build-up around uh, Slater v. Hayne. Um, you know, whoever has a better game is going to win the comp. Yeah. F- from memory, Slater was good. He was, he was very good. But it, it seemed like it was uh, Storm 1. There's been all the talk. We've got to give it to him. That or Just from memory, that was oh, I that completely was that agree. Yeah. I, I, I think out of all the grand finals Billy Slater's been in the one that he had most deserving right to win the Clive Churchill was 2012 that's like, the one that yeah I, I keep thinking that's the one he won but he didn't did no, he Cooper Cronk get it Cooper yeah. Cronk got it so 2012 against the Bulldogs yes uh, he was he outstanding was, he was yeah he was yeah. unbelievable so um, uh, th- there's a few uh, look my my favourite out of all this list is Sam Burgess that was that was awesome ridiculous yeah Ridiculous. Uh, out of this world, Sam Burgess, so, 2014. What's the, you know, we're going back through looking, thinking about grand finals, talking about them. What's your first grand final that you can sit there and remember watching? Oh, it would be Panthers and... So that was the first Bruce. one you yeah, can get. Yeah, so I would have been seven or eight at the time. Yeah. Um, that's the first one. Just, we'll go back to that. Just quickly talking about robberies. Yeah. There's one on here that sticks out like absolute dog's balls. 2016 Cronulla 
It should have oh, been Andrew Fafita. <laughs> yeah, but he'd been naughty. Exactly. He was in the naughty books <laughs> yeah. of everyone. He was good, wasn't he, that day? <laughs> he was very good. He's now, a good football. He now, was always good. Luke Lewis is is in my team to play for my life. Yeah. But There's no way day... he was as good as, as Fafita. <laughs> Fafita was unbelievable. He scored that try where he just willed his way to the try line. Yeah, won them the game, yeah. really. Um, what's the grand final you can remember? Well, it's part of the reason why I am the way I am. Um, it was the 86 um, GF. Yep. So, Para beat the Dogs um, by two points. It was a very, very boring game of footy. There was, um, yeah. It's, it, a, it's a very good Parramatta team. It was a very good Parramatta side. And being a little fella, again, as I've said before, I was a weirdo, a footy nerd. <laughs> yes, I'd love watching cartoons and um Sesame Street and Play School and Muppets and all that sort of stuff. But I used to also sit there and watch tapes of old grand finals and old origins on school holidays, even when I was a little four, five, six-year-old. And um, and that's – so this game was the first game of footy I can ever remember watching. I, mu- I don't remember leading into it, but I must have already started telling mum that I liked para. My dad did. But I can remember being in full kit, top to toe. I even had Eels jocks on. Yeah. Um, but I can remember watching the game – I remember um, Canterbury nearly scored at the death to, to take it out. And then, um, yeah, I'm still waiting for the next one. It's been great. <laughs> it's been so it, good. It's so funny how you get influenced to support what teams you do. You know, my, my dad is a is a closet Roosters fan. Yep. Um, and so my favourite player, my my first favourite player ever was Anthony Minicello. Yep. Just worshipped at him. Um, but and then later on, every Queenslander was playing for Melbourne. So, yeah, okay. so, so that's yeah, the natural, that was your, yeah, the natural go there. Um, and you also fell in love with footy at a really good age to go for the Storm too oh, because absolutely. you've never really had a rough year except, absolutely. except for the yes. salary cap yes, year. Yes, it was unfortunate. Yeah. I learned about salary caps a little bit later on. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you have you had a dream run. Oh. See, that's what I thought I was about to walk into. Because <laughs> yes. that is just heartbreak and false dawns. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Imagine being a Panthers fan that was born in 2013. You'd oh, be loving life. be so good. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break and be back to preview this weekend's grand final. There's not too many on the professional darts world tour looking like they have That's a good point. babysitting on the old LinkedIn bio. <laughs> They're the least trustworthy athletes of all Absolutely. time. Athletes in inverted commas. <laughs> I remember Phil Taylor Power. back when they used to be able to drink and he would drink while he was playing and they were just on the cusp of trying to get rid of booze in the sport. He said, no, nah, you can't get rid of it. I use it for balance so that I can throw the darts. <laughs> they go, well, couldn't you just hold a book? He goes, mate. I can't drink 12 books while I'm playing darts. (laughs) For more nonsensical ramblings loosely based on sport, tune in to Mint Sports maybe daily, every week. Maybe. Back with the 60 Go podcast presented by Mint Sports. Siebes, who wins and why? Penrith. um, Penrith win. They've done what they had to do all year to get here. I'm really anticipating them to explode out of the block. So we saw a little bit of it last week. Then they put the cue in the rack because they knew that they'd put Melbourne away at a certain point. I just think that their forward pack have got a, another gear to go to. Whereas Brisbane have been fire and they've been bubbling away all year. I do think that Brisbane can th- really threaten them if they start well. So if somehow Brisbane can, can get the jump and they get out 10, 12 points clear then it's game on. Absolutely. Um, because they're full of confidence, they're bubbling away, they're athletic, they're fast, they've got so much energy. 
so they can make it really tough for Penrith. But if Penrith start like they did in last year's GF, like they did the last two semifinals that they played, I just I don't think that Brizzy can go with them, especially with the forward pack that Penrith have got. Um, Fisher Harris and Moses Leota, they've got gears in them. Whereas I think you know Broncos have been at their very best. I've spoken to a few NRL coaches during the week, and they all had one common thread amongst their pick for the grand final, and that was Brisbane can win. Yes, they can. But they have to lead. They have to. Le- they've got to be perfect. Yeah, like they they can't afford to get down twelve points. They can't do what they did against the Warriors. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And there were some signs there that I I found really concerning for the Broncos heading into this week. Um, and if you take into consideration too the fact that the Broncos were at home and those signs were happening. They've, now they've got to go on the road, really, oh, to what would predominantly be a Penrith supporter base, you would think. Uh, yeah, it could be 50-50. It, it's a tough one. Everyone in Sydney has predominantly never liked Brisbane, but a lot of people don't like Penrith. I so get that. It's I a get toss that. of a coin. Uh, also, I'm with you the fact that I think Penrith do have another gear to go to. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about... Um, how Brisbane totally dismantled the Warriors yep. last week. And that's fine. That's true. Yep. But so did Penrith the week before, like yep. two weeks ago. And I know they didn't have Sean Johnson, but the game was over in the middle. Yep. They totally dominated. And and <laughs> what, the st- what, the, what Panthers did to Melbourne was exactly what we thought was going to happen. And it they were even better than what we thought they could possibly and, and be. And with 20 minutes to go, they started taking blokes off. Exactly. They they could have won by 50 or yeah, 60. They, oh, they, I, I thought they were going to, actually. Yeah. And it's that thing about Penrith. They are so good with their defensive line speed. The game might start, like Penrith might kick off, and the game will be played between the Broncos 20 and Panthers 30, and then all of a sudden it just creeps yeah. ahead. Every set, yeah, every it, set by three or four metres goes ahead. All of a sudden, five sets into the game, Panthers are attacking on the line, they score a try, and then it starts again. It'd be interesting to see how they handle Reese Walsh. I think they're going to do two things, and they'll, they'll vary it. I think that what they're going to do is try and get to him as he's catching the footy. So their line speed is that good that even though he's out the back of shape, they'll be able to reach him still as he's as he's catching the ball. So, yes, it's going to leave opportunities. If he gets it that split second early, he can use his feet and take off through space. Um, so it opens up a risk there. But I just think that's how they might try and get at him early. Then I also think that what they're going to try and do is, similar to what Dallin Wittenius Lesniak did when he took the intercept but then failed four other times, give the impression... So, it, But it'll come from the centre. It'll come from Stephen Crichton. I can see him giving the impression that he's defending a three-in or a two-in, depending on you know where they are on the field. And what I mean by that is the second or third defender from the edge. Yeah. Almost aiming up man-on-man man, right in front of him. But then he's got the ability to drift off at the last second. And this is defensively. So he'll have that bloke covered and he'll drift off into the space. And that's how he plucks so many intercepts. Yeah. So I think they're going to mix it up between those two things with how they defend Walsh. You mentioned Stephen Cron. I actually think he's the most important player in this game. Uh, I think that his kick chase will be invaluable because yep. he is so good at hitting someone as soon as they hit the ground. Yep. And so then I, I don't think Penrith are going to uh, opt for contesting the ball in the air too much. I, I don't I don't think they will. I think that they're happy to naturally progress down the field like they do. Let it catch yep. and bang. Yeah. And so 
I think you'll see a lot of Stephen Crichton bang on Reese Walsh as soon as he hits the ground, and that, that's what they're going to have to do. They can't let him run free, and that's 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 going to be a plan. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they'll, they'll look at doing that for sure. Um, the other thing is, look, Penrith have got to be careful because if Brisbane are completing their sets. That yardage game that you were talking about, the little increments, it won't happen as much. What Brisbane have got to do, they've got to be better with their completions. So their completions or their errors from some key blokes haven't been good enough all year. So Stags, well, everyone knows Reese Walsh is number one in the comp for errors. That's the way he plays. He takes a chance. But Stags and Cobbo are also in the top 10 for, for most errors in the comp. So if each of those three guys do what they do every week and that's concede two or three errors each that's not going to you're not going to beat Penrith so they've got to be almost perfect those guys because there's going to be errors in the middle through fatigue through huge contact you can't then have a winger a center and a fullback topping the error count as well if they can tidy that up that's that's a big key for them but one thing that we haven't really taken into consideration I thought about this last night so we looked earlier a few weeks ago with Andrew from the rugby league eye test about the fact that the Broncos are the third worst team at where they start their sets true right they're not playing Penrith every week, yep. right? So they, they don't have to verse a Nathan Cleary putting them into a corner every week. Yep. Now they do. So that's going to get emphasised even greater. Big time. Yep. So if, if, if any team played Penrith every week, then they're going to be last. That's just a natural thing. So now it, that really gets tested. So you're third worst against every other team in the comp that's nowhere near as good as Nathan as far as kicking game. How are you going to go now? Yeah, exactly. So, and, and Dylan Edwards is one of the top few, and Tyre is the best, at bringing a footy out of yardage. So you're all, yeah, it's a, it's a battle that they're going to have to play with all game. And Penrith will not give a rat if they're not on, in front on the scoreboard until the 70th, 75th minute. That's right. That's what they're playing to be. That's when they want to be in front. That's right. And we, we heard all year, last year, that, oh, Parramatta's got the forward pack to match them. Yeah. They got totally dominated in the grand final. They did. They got smashed. So, and, and, and the Broncos forward pack and Paris forward pack last year, they're not dissimilar. They're, the, you know, the two New South Wales props, um, uh, New South Wales back row coming off the bench, um, Papali'i in peak form, and everyone said Sean Lane should have made the Kangaroo squad. Yeah. So they, that's a good side. Broncos have got Payne Haas, who is arguably top couple of props in the game. Yeah. Flegler, who's outstanding. Carrigan's the one of the best locks in the game. So they've got a core there, but it's whether they can go with them. What, what Carrigan does really well... And, and what I think he'll try and do is he he's good at big moments and changing the game, so changing momentum. So whether it's a, a late offload, um, really quick play the ball to generate ruck speed, or he can shoot out of the line and, um, and, and smash someone to try and change momentum. But even I heard him talk about it during the week, how hesitant, how hesitant he is to do that against um, Penrith because of the um, ball-playing thread of his IEO through the middle. So you shoot up on him, and he's just going to tip it onto someone in space and generate ruck speed that way. Yeah. I do, I do think that we haven't seen the best of Penrith yet. And I think that they've timed their run to perfection. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, mate. So Brisbane can win. Like, that's oh, the thing. I don't want to say that they can't because absolutely. they can. But they need to play a certain way. Yeah. And I just think... I just think we're going to see the best version of Penrith next week. And they, they've timed their run perfectly. They that You could see a clear lift against the Warriors in first week of the finals. You could see another lift against Melbourne. Melbourne with no chance. I think they lift one more time. They were pretty bloody good against Parra in last year's GF. Yeah. But I've got a feeling that it doesn't mean they're going to win the game, 
but I've got a feeling that this is going to be the best version of Penrith that we see in a grand final. It really could be. It really could be. Give me a score and a cl- and a clove. Okay, so I've got um, and first try scorer and first try scorer uh, Stephen Crichton first try scorer. Yep. Um, if Broncos score first, I'm going with Herbie. Yep. Um, and the score will be Penrith twenty eight, Brisbane eighteen. So I think you know Brizzy could score a late try, um, but yeah, I think twenty eight eighteen is is my tip for the score. And my Clive Churchill, I, I can't take Cleary because that's that's taking the easy road. Fisher Harris. Yeah, I like your pick. I'm going to go twenty to ten to Penrith. I think it'll be slightly low, lower scoring than that, um, but I, I can just see a world where it's twenty to four and and Broncos get a late try like I, I like it can be it can be a, a tight like a low scoring game but Penrith dominate I, I can see that type of game happening uh, and both teams are very good defensively obviously um, so I think it will be lower scoring uh, first try score I'll go Brian Toto and uh, for a Clive for a Smokey I'll go Stephen Crichton I, th- I yeah. think I think his impact in this game is not being talked about enough I, th- I think that he's good oh he's amazing and his last game in a Penrith jersey might just be his best and you know, there's so his last game. Um, it's Flegler and Farmworth the last game in yep. a Broncos jersey. Herbie and Crichton, the loss that they're going to be on their oh. respective sides is can't be underestimated. Absolutely, absolutely, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Steve, have a good weekend. Thanks, mate. You're listening to the 60 Go podcast, brought to you by Mint Sports, and that is full time.